0: People, welcome to another episode of Echoes from the goddamn void. And um, yeah, the weather is really turned, man. God damn it. I'm just freezing my ass off every time I leave my fucking house right now. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. But it is December, so I'm not really that mad. You know what I mean? It's alright, it's not that tough. But um yeah, just you know, doing the thing, living the life, all of that shit. Uh yo, I went to um the Natural History Museum. A lot of spots do these late sessions, you know? And um I went to go to one. Um yeah, you know, I was meant to be meeting up with this chick, right? So like the museum's meant to shut at 10. So we were gonna meet at 8 She's running late um, And we finally reach At 9 Just after 9 Get in the museum Right And they're shutting down they're, they're, they're closing everything up Early But they're like Oh yeah We're um You know Like yeah we're closing And it's just like It's not 10 o'clock They're like yeah but You know we're going to shout 9.45 today So yeah just warning That you need to leave soon And it was just a bit like And even then They still will not let you into certain Sections Which is insane Like on their website It says 10 o'clock 10 o'clock And it's just like look When I've worked at certain spots, right, I wasn't shutting shit down until the time. If I still had, like, clientele in the building, shit was open, you know what I mean? It was insane, it was some crazy ass shit, but yeah, I don't even know. But, um, yo... Been uh, as we do looking through the news and shit, there's some there was some odd things. Like, I, I saw this, there was a thing on the radio about um, millennials and how you know it, it would take them 19 years to save up for a deposit and they couldn't move and all of this, right? And they're saying, um, yeah. Like the, the generation before us They only had to You know It would take them three years to save up for a deposit And I'm kind of like Who the fuck Are you thinking of Because trust me it, it, it was taking longer To raise that sort of money To lay down a deposit Like I worked in some shitty jobs And some like A lot of jobs I worked in Like you know what I mean Bonuses and pay rises got frozen that, That's the shit that happened in the third sector You feel me So yeah It didn't take me three years to save up my motherfucking deposit It took a lot longer than that And just like You know what I mean Making some sacrifices Being like alright I'm not gonna Be buying this certain thing I'm not going on holiday for a minute You know what I mean there was a lot of shit So to be like They're in such a bad Situation now It's kind of Ingenuous you know what I mean it, it, the, the, the situation Might be a little Bit worse but Trust me It's not A great deal worse than what a lot of us had to put up with, you know? I I just find things like this. When people put out stories trying to make claims that, oh, yeah, it was so much better before. Nah, son, you're talking out your ass, you know? Like, um yo, I, I saw this hilarious... Being on Twitter um, the other day, so this, this woman put out a message um, and it said, Dear media, please retire the use of the term anti vaxxer, it is de- de- blah, derogatory, inflammatory, and marginalizes both women and their experiences. It is dismissively simplistic, highly offensive, and largely false. We politely request that you refer to us as the vaccine risk aware. Thank you. And it's a bit like... Listen, okay? If you don't like the term anti-vaxxer, which, you know, essentially... That there's you know there's no false claim in that like people are anti-vaccinations, right? So the term anti-vaxxer, I, that, that's a fair enough term, but all right, fine, you don't like that, okay. Right. I think calling it inflammatory derogatory that is a bit like really it is it, it, it's, it's not like it's not if you're campaigning against you know, I mean, people vaccinating their kids then how is that like inflammatory because you know what I mean, that's what you're saying you are making a claim saying you don't want your kids to be vaccinated So, you're anti vaccinations. That's all it. You mean. Yeah, think about it, motherfuckers. And then to saying it marginalizes both women and their experiences. See, this is very baffling because. How? How? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, listen, I know. Plenty of men that are against vaccinations. It's not just a female thing. mean? like, because both men and women are parents. Both men and women can raise kids. It, 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 it's not a one or the other. So to say that it marginalises women, huh? And they like what's the experience here? You really what the fuck are you saying? this is just a weird ass thing to put out there, you know and I what really is hilarious about this whole thing so this this woman that is um you know, Trying to talk all this smack, right? Her her Twitter handle is Crazy Mothers. Crazy Mothers is is just like if you want people to take you seriously, why the fuck did you choose that handle? You read like why did you choose that handle? What are you trying to say? It makes no goddamn sense. You know what I mean? It's just weird. It's really fucking weird, man. But yeah. I don't know, man. There's a lot of weird fucking people out there trying to make false claims on anything, you know what I mean? Just baffling. It's it's really fucking baffling. But um, yeah, it's not the it's not the last. <laughs> Definitely not the last. So let's get into this episode, and um, yeah, we can see all the other crazy fucking news that's floating about. You know what I mean? Boom. Okay, so. Is, is I read this amusing article the other day I mean, when I say amusing uh, The article wasn't meant to be amusing So it's called um, It was called Extinction Rebellion The Reluctant Activists Facing Criminal Records And so it's, it speaks to I think four different people um, About How being arrested, you know, what they thought about it. And their views on, you know, the situation and stuff like that. And one of the first people they talked to is a guy who used to be a police, um, a detective sergeant in the police force. Right? So, but the thing is, so he left the Met Police in 2015. You know, because he wanted to become a guitar maker Right, so, you know, whatever, fine He moved to Nottingham, started a new job But he's like, oh, I always thought that, you know The police was something I could come back to Right That's what he's saying that, you know, that was always his fault because he loved it so much and, you know, he could come back to the police. But he has now been arrested, I think, three or four times through, um, you know, like stuff. He's, you know, these the, the whole protests shit he's been doing with Extinction Rebellion. And so... You know now he has a record he's saying like he can't come back to the police, which I guess makes sense, but the thing is that's on him you know what i mean it, it's just like this is the weird thing I find about this piece because it's just like the people chose to be arrested. It's not like they were you know walking, minding their own business And got arrested That's not the case Because that happens to a lot of people You know, you get arrested for shit that You had nothing to do with You know And that can fuck you But yeah, these people Chose to be arrested It's just like So He, he got arrested But he then Um You know, he he got let off So he got let off But then He went and glued himself To the pavement outside London City Airport So he gets arrested again You, You know what I mean It's a bit like You made these decisions No one else Like, no one else Was just like, yo, this is what I'm gonna do I'm going to, um, you know, find a way for myself to get arrested, like, he knew doing these things would get him arrested, he knew getting arrested, getting a record would mean he couldn't go back to the police, it was a decision he made, so this is the big thing about all of this, you know, because it's just like, Gluing yourself to the pavement ain't doing shit. It, it's fucking up a lot of people. Who are looking to go on holiday and shit. That's all it's doing. You ain't doing shit. You know. This is the weird thing. Like this other woman. 71 year old. A, a former librarian. And this is the other thing. Everyone they talked to. Had left. Their jo- they'd already left their jobs a few years before they got arrested. So it's not like yo, they're currently work, you know what I mean? It's a bit like huh? Or the like the the only one person who was working, I think, was a, a lady that's a, a GP. But she is man, she was old. She was old and um you know I mean, she was due to retire So she'd already kind of cut back on a lot of the stuff she was doing So it was a bit like <sighs> You know I mean it, it, It's not going to, really It's not going to kind of affect her in any way And that's the, that's the weird thing about all of this They're talking to people who The arrests aren't going to affect their lives Really You know because they'd already gone to do other things. So it's a bit like... Oh, I don't... Th- this means nothing. This article means nothing. Because... Yo, if if you were talking to people who got arrested... And now, due to that, they've lost their jobs. Or, you know, they the arrest... Was they weren't actually doing any that's enough? That's a that's something that could be interesting. This is just like just these people that are kind of pro, you know, they wanted to get arrested, they wanted that notoriety, they thought it was cool. Like, there's pictures of people like getting like this 70 year old librarian woman, there's a picture of her getting. Carried away Because the police was like oh could you You know Move please And instead of moving she Sat down and was like I'm not going anywhere so she got carried Off and arrested And there's a picture Of her smiling Like she was happy To get arrested Which is Just ridiculous Like trust me I'm not doing anything to get myself arrested. Because if I get arrested, I'm fucked. You know what I mean? Like, look, when you already have a lot of barriers up against you, you, you're not doing shit to fuck up your life anymore. And all of these people, all of these individuals... They were looking for it, so I'm just like, like what are you what were you trying to say with this piece? It's, it's just the weirdest shit. like I don't get what it's trying to do, you know because yeah, it's it's just these smug fucking morons. Who are like oh I'm so cool now I've been arrested Like yeah there's this old granny Who got herself arrested He's like oh yeah So my you know My nephews and go Like you're the coolest granny You're such a rebellious person And it's just like no you're not Like being arrested That's not being rebellious It's not being rebellious Because it's just like you, you're not put you're not actually putting yourself at risk. You know? It was just like yo the people, you know, that when when there was segregation, when there was segregation in the deep south and you had like those crazy black, like young activists that would go into a white diner, sit Sit down and refuse to move. Those people, yo, that is some brave shit. You know what I mean? Because they were getting punched, you know, water hosed, attacked. but that's standing up for convictions. That's like when shit is really on the line. you know what I mean? That's something. Like, going on a fucking protest where, like, nothing's on the line, really. And you're just being disruptive. That ain't shit. You're not a hero. You're not a rebellious person. You're just a smug asshole who wanted to be arrested so you can mark it on your bucket list. Ugh. You know? It's just, ugh. I have to say, I really get the feeling that people just look for a reason to be outraged. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing there, but they will scramble to find anything to pick at things. You know? Because there's a lot of outrage about the new Peloton bike advert that they put out for Christmas, like everyone else is putting out for Christmas, you know um, and you know, you, you see these adverts and there's people, you know, it's like people riding a bike and blah blah blah, so this advert it has been described as sexist out of touch and dystopian So it's just weird the outrage is bizarre right like, so essentially what happens is um, a husband gives his wife a peloton bike for Christmas then over the course of the year she records her progress right so she records her progress with these little video blogs um, every year she puts them all together and she shows her husband you know, to kind of say thanks, and, um, you know, she says, I didn't realise how much this would change me, right, so that is, and everyone is outraged by it, right, even their shares dropped 9%, which is bizarre, really bizarre, Uh and as, as as you know, people are going, right? So this woman, she's not big. Like, you know what I mean? She's looks a as she looks like she would be a, a straw fighter in the UFC, you know? Um, and they're like, yeah, like <laughs> he gave her a bike, she doesn't even need to lose weight. And, you know, it's changed her life. She didn't lose any weight. What are they talking about? Blah 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 blah. Now, this is the thing, right? Everyone's picking at this shit. Like, oh, it's offensive that a guy gives his wife a bike for Christmas. Why the fuck is that offensive? You know what I mean? Why is that offensive? Because we don't know why they you know she got the bike. Look, right? People go to the gym to keep fit. You know what I mean? Like some people also like running and swimming and other things like that. You know, if like a lot of friends who've trained for marathons, they also swim and ride bikes that help in the other days in which they're not running. You know, it's just one of those things you do. But it's about finding the exercise that works for you. And that, Look, it's not always about losing weight. Sometimes it's about increasing cardio. Or that's just what I like to do for fun. Okay? So is that. And maybe that's why she wanted the bike. But we see in these little vlogs she's doing. Like, oh, man. This is like the fifth day in a row. Can you believe it? Another day. Six o'clock. I woke up at 6 o'clock, how insane, and so this is the thing, right, when you're saying I can't believe how much this has changed me, okay, that doesn't mean, it doesn't have to mean, oh, I've now lost weight, that can mean, yo, I've, I've now committed to this, you know, I, I usually flake on shit, but this is the one thing that I've been able to commit to. Or, oh, you know what? Now I can walk up, you know, five flight of stairs and I'm not out of breath. Because, people, I don't know if you understand, just because you're thin doesn't mean your stamina's great. Okay, you dumb motherfuckers. So, there are many ways in which this can change someone, it's the discipline, it's cardio, it's just, you know, committing to something on a regular basis, something, you know, it's a reason to wake up early in the morning, because you could be like, yo, I need to wake up earlier. I need to do this, so having something that you can create a routine with, Yeah, so there's many reasons why this ad is fine, but all these literal assholes want to try and claim that it's a terrible thing, like, you're ridiculous people, you really are ridiculous, so... Going that the company is out of touch. Maybe it's just you. Maybe it's just your virtual sig- virtue signaling. Because you want to be like, I'm outraged. Ooh, look at me. I'm standing up for something. Something that doesn't need standing up for. You fucking morons. You know, there's, look. It's a woman she's riding a bike, so what, there's so many other adverts, that you could go, oh, huh, how come the woman's doing the shopping, how come the woman's doing, like, no one's complaining about all these other adverts, so, the fact that they're doing it about this, please, yeah, I mean, just fucking grow up, bunch of fucking idiots, man, and I'm glad Pelotoon haven't, issued any statements on this, you know what I mean, they haven't said anything, I'm glad, because fuck everyone, a bunch of fucking literal ass clowns, that's all it is, that's all it is, you know, F- weird, so fucking weird. So the winner of the Turner Prize has been announced. And um yeah, it is a very weird decision. So this year's Turner Prize didn't go to one person. It went to uh, the four artists that were nominated. Yeah. So they didn't they didn't you know choose a winner. They just Gave it to everyone, which, yeah, I I I find it a very odd decision. So supposedly, um, you know, in the autumn, when the the you know the whole process started and the the, the tour, you know, exhibition for the nominees went up. The artists got together and were like, oh, let's share the prize. And so they wrote a, um, wrote a letter asking, um, if they could share it. Yeah. That's what happened. Which, it just seems like a, like a weird, um... Seems like a weird thing to do, right? So the their the whole thing was that um they wanted to make a collective statement at a time when there was already so much that divides and isolates people and communities. That's what they um, supposedly wrote to the judges. So this year, the, the you know, the the artists were Lawrence Abu Hamanda, Helen Kamok, Tay Shani, and Oscar Murillo. So yeah. So now they split the forty thousand between them all and um yeah when the announcement was made uh, a, a a joint statement was was read um and it and you know it said uh that their work was incompatible with the competition format whose tendency is to divide and to individualize you know they wanted to speak out in an era marked by the rise of the right and the renewal of fascism in an era of the conservatives. hostile environment that has paradoxically made each of us and many of our friends and family again increasingly unwelcome in Britain. Isolation and exclusion are the weapons of this hostile environment. It is this we seek to stand against by making this symbolic gesture of cohesion. Okay, so that is what that's what they think, right? Now, the thing with that is this, and this is just my thoughts. My opinions, right? But how many people really? You know what I mean no one is going to look at those four? You know what I mean? Four people winning the Turner Prize and go, oh man, that's a, that's a big statement against isolation and exclusion. God yeah, how great is that, you know, I now feel welcome in the country, that's incredible, that's amazing, no one's going to think that, the only reason you might think that, is if you read their statement, but even then it doesn't really make sense, now, the other thing that I find kind of baffling about this, right, They're saying that, you know, the the format of the competition is incompatible with their work. So, I kind of scratch my head and wonder, why did you enter, you know, why did you enter the competition? Now... If, it's, if you don't enter and they just pick Then just say Thank you for picking me But I'd rather not You know what I mean it's, it's, it's like Why be a part of something That you think is wrong You just wouldn't do it You know there's been a few people That were awarded an MBE or an OBE And they declined because they didn't agree with the whole system, the process, the you know what, I mean? what the what they felt that the, the you know the award stood for, so they declined. That's what you do if you don't agree with something. Don't be a part of it, but by being a part of it and then writing a letter and going, I don't. That you should pick a winner We should all get The prize It's a bit like How you know now When kids you know in school Enter races and everything like that Everyone gets a fucking medal Like what the fuck is that It's bullshit There, There is a win You enter a competition There is a winner it's as simple as that. You know, it's not like well, everyone entered, so everyone's a whip. No, there is a clear-cut winner because that is what happens in life. You go for a job, someone gets a job, and a lot of other people don't get the job. You know, they never go. Well, you know, we just appreciate everyone applying, so everyone gets a job. But like, so what would we'll do? There was 20 applicants, so everyone works one day on, and then you have the next 20 off, and then you rotate like that No, doesn't work like that, there is a clear winner of things, is how society, is how life works And especially competition, otherwise you can't call it a competition You know what I mean? You can't call it a competition. And so, what the fuck happens next year? You know? What happens next year? Now they've done this. Because I I can guarantee that everyone that is nominated next year will feel that their work is just as good as last year's crop. So, if there is just a solely one person that wins, they'll be like, wait. So, how is it you split it last year, but this year, you're saying that, you know, my work isn't good enough, and I feel my work is just as good, if not better than blah, blah, blahs, who won it last year, you know what I mean, it's it's good, it makes everything complicated, it makes everything weird, it's not a statement on inclusion, you know, it's not a statement on trying to stamp out fascism, These are just buzzwords that people want to throw out there to try and make themselves look good. You know, this, hey, this is a way for the Turner Prize to get a little shine, you know, to get a little spot in the, you know, spotlight. Other than that, though, it is a, you know, it's a PR stunt at best best, it's a deluded, manufactured, you know, thing that they've done, because when you're into a competition, you want to win, it's not like, well, you know, I kind of feel that I should, look, if you feel that way, if you feel that you're not good enough to win, that your competition, you know, should should win, Then bow out Because you ain't ready son You ain't ready for this shit You know This ain't uh, Everyone participates Everyone gets a pat on the fucking head At the end of the day You can use Being nominated You know you can put on All your blurb Turn a prize nominee You know you You can use that if you are smart, you can use that to your advantage you know you can help use that to propel your career Go listen, yo, I was up for a turner prize you know, you know what i mean i I was close I just missed out, just missed out ace but you know what I mean it shows my work is boom it's there check me out, you you know what I mean, if you're smart, you can use that shit, but you, but yeah, it's not about splitting, splitting hairs, (sighs) like, we really have kind of devolved as a society, because everyone wants to be offended, everyone wants to be a winner, everyone wants to, if you want to be a winner, and you, and you, you know what I mean, just through participation, don't enter anything. Do you know what I mean? Don't enter anything, because, yo, this shit is pitiful. Frank, that's that's what I feel. It's just some pitiful bullshit, and and it's not helpful. It really isn't helpful because then. In times when you go for something and you don't get anything, you're going to feel fucking crushed. And you won't know how to deal with that. Fucking snowflakes. Okay, people. So, another week of um, a UFC blackout. But we had Polaris 12. Um... Where the main event was Nicky Rodriguez against Luke Rockhold So, definitely a fun fight uh, Another UFC fighter on the card was Gilbert Burns So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, go check out this week's Chin Check To find out what happened in Newport Wales Boom Okay, so this week I checked out season one of End of the Fucking World, which is an eight-part dark comedy that's um it's on like Channel Four in the UK and Netflix as well. So it's based on a comic book series by Charles Forsman. Um and the TV show is written by Charlie Hovel uh directed by Jonathan Ertzweil, Lucy Tickmuck, Lucy Forbes, and Destiny Ekaraba. Um it's starring Alex Lawford Jessica Barden, Gemma Whelan, Woundy Mozaku, Steve Oram Christine Bottomley, Naveen Chaudhry, Barry Ward, and Naomi Aki. And um, the idea of the show is this James is a 17 year old who believes he is a psychopath. He kills animals as a hobby but grows bored of the practice. He decides he wants to try killing a human. He settles on Alicia, a mouthy, rebellious 17-year-old classmate with issues of her own. She proposes they run away together, hoping for an adventure away from her turbulent home life. James agrees with the intention of finding an opportunity to kill her. They embark on a road trip across England and begin to develop a relationship after a series of mishaps. Um. Well, I mean, that's partly true. It always baffles me how, like, these premise write-ups, like, twist things up a lot. Right? So... Yeah, James as a kid, you know what I mean? He, he was fascinated with pain and just trying to feel things. So we, we get a lot of flashbacks and we see him like dipping his hand in a, a deep fat fryer as a kid. Like, but all of this seems to kind of stem from an incident with his mum, like when he was very little. So yeah, so he's been killing like bugs and things like that, moving on to smaller animals, and then the animals get bigger and bigger. And so yeah, he, he's thinking of wanting to try killing a person. Then we have Alicia who, you know, she's from a broken home, just like James. Um, her dad left, uh, her mum remarried. And her, uh, her new stepdad is an asshole. who, we see him make a few advances on her, which her mum tries to pretend she doesn't notice, so it's all a little bit weird, so, we then have them start to hang out, and they go, like, they're dating, they, tri- you know what I mean, it's just like this weird kind of, Yeah, we should date, okay, fine, let's date, and so we have that, then there's a weird, another weird incident with Alicia's stepdad, which then she's like, yo, let's run away, and then that all happens, so the dating happens before they run away, but it's all very, uh, like I think, this is a weird show, but it's fun. It is is amusing, um, and I I one of the things that I did like was the fact that you you had them, like, because when they were originally being like yeah we should date, like you can tell that neither of them are kind of, in into it. But they think, alright, this is something we probably should be doing. Because everyone else is doing this kind of shit. So, when you have them making out. Oh my days, it's super, super uncomfortable. Like, they are just kind of licking each other's faces. It's just like, yo, what the fuck are you kids doing, man? But, you know, that's fine. Because... No one knows how to kiss From the giddy up You, you just learn that shit So we had them Talking big you know She's just like oh James Have you ever eaten a pussy I want you to do it to me But it's like Yeah they don't know what they're talking About but they're fronting And that's fun Because that happens but, you, but a lot of this kind of shit is left out of other shows, other programs, other situations when they're dealing with this kind of shit, you know? So it's fun to see it. And just the way they interact and they're trying to do shit. And it's just like, yo, you, you ain't ready, people. You ain't ready. But we have them trying to run away. And just the weird shit they're getting into on these journeys, you know, they they steal James's dad's car, but that all goes a little bit wrong. <laughs> you know, just like there's an incident where they go so they go to like a, a charity shop to get clothes, which is you know, fine, fine, but Alicia goes to get underwear from there, and I'm just a bit like, yo, look, t-shirts, trousers, dresses, you know, I mean? all that is fine. All that is fine. Underwear though, I just like, I, you, man. It ain't about wearing secondhand under. You know what I mean? That's just a bit like, oh no, don't do that. That, yeah, that's kind of grimy. You know what eh? I mean? That's just like ugh. But yeah, so we're seeing all these different incidents. But as the journey progresses, we kind of see them. You know, reshaping their views on just the way they th- they thought they were programmed. You know, so they're thinking they're weird They're thinking they're up against everything They're thinking that, you know, they might be psychopaths and all of this shit But we we see a realignment We see them actually caring for each other Liking each other Not wanting to do certain things Not wanting to rush into certain things And And it's like The way it's shown You know, the way it's all playing out It's done really well you know it's it, it's yeah it, it's got a nice nuance to it the the one thing that i was kind of like uh i don't know if i buy that right so we have an incident with um cuz they break into a house they're trying to squat while they're trying to make up their minds on some shit they need to be doing And, yeah, it's around that. There's an incident happens with someone. And, yeah, so they find out that this person ain't a great person, right? So they find two lots of evidence. Video and photographic. And it's a bit like... What they do with the photos is just like, wait, what? That doesn't make any, doesn't make any sense. And I'm a bit like, look, it doesn't make any sense because I think we've seen programs, you know, you've heard things, we, you know, what I mean, there's an understanding on like what could go wrong in certain situations. You know, so if you want certain things to come to light, you're not going to do certain things, right? So what they did was just a bit like, eh, I don't know if I'd buy that, man, because these, like, they're weird kids, but they're not morons, you know? So there was that, and then there was a conversation. So there was this one conversation between the police and this woman, and it was just like, oh, if if you know something, yeah, just let me. And then she turns up with this thing, and you're just a bit like, really though, because she did a thing earlier that was big. Yeah, it's a big thing for her to do. So for then, for her to do a one eighty and bring this thing, it's just a bit like. I don't know if I buy that, you know what I mean I don't know if I buy that seems a bit weird, you know it's but but that's that was my I feel that was my one gripe with the program, just this one incident and some of the ramifications from it, everything else, yeah, everything else was good, like because we have you know, as I say, like, they're on what they run away, and so they're trying to find Alicia's dad, you know, because she's, it's one of those situations where a parent leaves, and, you know, the, the kid's been given a story, and so she's all kind of like, yo, I like him, he didn't have a choice, he did this thing, but it's fine, so we're gonna go see him, and then it's a discovery of Other shit around it, the whole thing, and the way that plays out—that's all good. You know, like it's just really well done. And then the way it ends, whoa, yo, like the ending was good. Ah, man, I like the ending just because it leaves you thinking. Oh, what the fuck Now, I I mean, I have to say Knowing that, you know, there's a season two Because I am late on this <laughs> So, I if I would watched it at the time Yo, you'd have been like, what? That's in, oh man But yeah, knowing there's a season two It kind of you know, it, it takes away from that a little bit Because you kind of feel, okay, well, obviously But it's still really well done Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a good show, it's a decent show And I've just seen that supposedly One of the um directors, you know, one of the creatives on said that She doesn't really have any um, inclination to do a third season. So, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if they do it anyway with some other people. Or if that is going to be it. Now, I do like that about a lot of English shows. This is eight episodes, they're roughly about 20 minutes an episode So it's not convoluted, it's not baggy And I like the fact that, yeah, there's not too many episodes The episodes aren't over long And, you know, if they end it after season two, that's great It's a confined story, they're not trying to drag it out I respect the fuck out of that but, uh, yeah, it's fun, man. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking out season two. But, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's the end of the fucking world. It's on Netflix. So, go check it out. Is it? It is a lot of fun. And it's kind of dark. You know? Which is always a good combination, right? A little dark. A little fun. Yeah. And... It's good, really good performances. You know, like everyone involved, really, yeah, really shines with the 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 acting and everything like that. So um, yeah, highly recommend it. People, go watch it. Go have fun. All right. Okay, people. So this week. I uh, checked out a new book from Neil Shusterman It's called Scythe And it's book one in the Ark of a Scythe trilogy uh, It was narrated by Greg Tremblay um, I do not know how I came across this book I had no clue But I thought it kind of sounded interesting um, and also the last part of the trilogy had just come out, so I thought, oh, perfect, you know what I mean, the, I, if I like it, I don't have to then wait, you know, a couple of years before the series is completed or anything, so boom, alright, All right, I am going to try this out, so the gist of this book is this, A dark, gripping, and witty thriller in which the only thing humanity has control over is death. In a world where disease, war, and crime have been eliminated, the only way to die is to be randomly killed, otherwise known as gleamed, by professional scythes. Citra and Rowan are teenagers who have been selected to be scythes. Apprentices And despite wanting nothing to do With the vocation They must learn the art of killing And understand the necessity Of what they do Only one of them Will be chosen as a Scythe's apprentice And as Citra and Rowan come up against A terrifyingly corrupt Scythedon It becomes clear that the winning Apprentice's first task Will be to gleam the loser, so yeah, I'm like, you know, could be interesting, I didn't, for some reason, I didn't read all of that, I don't know if the description on Goodreads is um maybe different to the description on Audible, it sometimes is, but yeah, I I think... Yeah, I don't know, I just came across a description that kind of sounded intriguing You know, the whole concept of, um, you know, death has been eliminated, no diseases And, you know, they they have to kind of control the population with um, these kind of random killings It was just like, okay, yeah, that could, um, yeah, that could be compelling, uh, so yeah, I you know, I started reading it, and I don't know if um, I'm forgetting maybe something else I've read, but this did seem like a newish kind of concept, you know, so I was a bit like, yeah, it's always good to, um, you know, try something that is approaching a uh, a a concept of like, you know, because euthanization, that's not new in itself, but, you know, approaching it from this different angle, yeah, you know what I mean? That's worth checking, I feel. So, I think the way this book, you know, kind of leads into things, it's kind of interesting. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm on board. I can get down with this. And so, I think, Everything is is building up nicely. There's a few things that are just a bit like, eh, I'm not sure about that. You know, like um, I think when they're breaking down Rowan's, uh, I think even see it, both of the kids. I think it, breaking down both of their kind of origins. There are bits in them that are just a bit like, ah, oh, come on, really. You know what I mean, just, uh. because, you know, it's always, oh, this person showed this, this thing that no one else had, and you're just like, no, <laughs> like, no, you're like, because kids aren't really that unique, now, some may go against the grain, that's fine, I'm always, da- that, I have no issue with that, but when it's just like everyone else is one way and this one person is this all on their own that I'm just a bit like "Mm, no I don't buy that don't buy that at all and it's just a bit lazy always feels a bit lazy in the setup but You know, so there's a couple of things in their origin stories, as I said That were a bit like, mmm, not sure But the rest of it, I'm like, okay, that's fine Boom, I can get on board with that And you're, you're kind of learning about this whole situation and everything like that Which is like, okay, yeah, no, this is interesting You know, I kind of enjoy the the world building as such was was fine, you know, not giving too much away, but giving you enough to keep you interested, all of that. So uh, Shusterman is is doing a good job so far. I think as the book goes on, though, it starts to just fall into that. I think just that typical thing, you know. It because all right. Let me let me break it down like this. Okay, so Hunger Games. When you read Hunger Great, when you read Hunger, when you (laughs) I can't speak. God damn. When you read Hunger Hunger Games, Hunger Games. When you read that, or even watching the film, it's a bit different, right? You're like, ah, okay. Yeah, cool. But then when you hit the second one, that's when it just becomes just so derivative. And um I mean, like even in Hunger Games, the whole love bit of stuff, that got a bit like, Oh, did we have to do this? Everything else was fine, though, right? And so that is the problem sometimes that there's a, a kernel of a good idea. But then maybe not enough to warrant a, a, a complete book. Maybe they like make it a novella, something like that, or, or just sit on it. Sit on it until you've really thought of how you're going to play this shit out. And I think that was an issue with this because it starts off fine, just a few little kind of moments her just be like eh whatever but more or less just fine it's good it's decent then just becomes a derivative mess and look mess is a bit strong all right so not a mess but for me it was just i don't see the need i don't see the need for this because you know Obviously, for some reason, which always happens But the two main characters, there needs to be this kind of love interest bullshit So they throw that in there Which, as soon as that happens, uh, I'm kind of out I'm I'm a little bit out, can't lie Because it's just, I don't, there's not a need for it It would have worked fine without that and then Like there's always this thing right So uh, people write these books And supposedly It would you know there's Now it's the big trend to write a book Or make a film or whatever whatever With a strong female lead It's always bullshit though because it's not really Because they always have in it Like, and the guy saves the girl And blah 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 They always put that in Even when it's meant to be this strong female lead So, you have in the book Like, Rowan doing this shit To supposedly be like Because, you know, if I fail And then Citra doesn't look bad when she fails And blah 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 And it's just a bit like that's so ridiculous It's so ridiculous, and also, then, when certain things lead from that, you're just like, yeah, like, anyone can see that would be a consequence of that, and the problem with that is, because obviously, a big thing is, so you make these characters, like, super bright, but sometimes you downplay it. Right, You downplay it like, yeah they're not getting the best grades But that's by choice, they decided to coast They've decided to do this, otherwise they would be getting the best grades Or they would be the best, and it's just like, oh, stop it So, by, but by saying they're this intelligent You're then saying they shouldn't fall for this bullshit do you mean they should be able to see that their actions would lead to this thing? But that's never the case. So you have these situations come from these ridiculous actions, which is just a bit like, ugh, come on. And then when one of them has this news, they find out this thing, they tell the other one. Even when everyone's like, don't, don't tell them, don't tell them, they tell them. And then the other one blurts it out for no reason. For absolutely no reason. Or if they had to blurt it out, you, you could have set it up in a completely different way. Because the way they do it, then the person's obviously gonna go, Oh, I know who told you that. And you're just like, What the fuck is that? That's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous Another thing that happens in these books, right? So you you have these apprentices So in this one, Citra and Rowan are the apprentices And they're training Only been training for a year, right? But you then have a a bit where they have to um, go up against people That have already been doing this thing for like, you know, a good few years Oh the apprentices are so good So good They best the other people And it's just like It's not gonna happen It's not gonna happen There's only a very few situations Where someone has trained for a minimum amount of time And then been able to surpass Others, you know, like you have B.J. Penn. B.J. Penn was a prodigy, right? Um, Golden Ryan. I remember watching Golden Ryan when he first debuted, um, on uh, EBI, and that was because I think I believe someone was injured. I think it might have been Gary and got injured, and so Golden Ryan stepped in, um, to replace him, and no one heard of Golden. And like and even watching seeing Golden now compared to them, body to he's completely changed. But back then, boom, hadn't been training too long. You know, but that's rare. It, it it's it's not a um you know, it, it's not the norm. But it, it, when you read these books, they put these situations in, like, oh yeah. And all these people suddenly, like two of them are doing it in the same year, and it's just like, no, what the fuck are you doing? And it also defeats the whole purpose of you going, right? So people have to train to do this thing, and blah blah blah, and it takes time, and blah blah blah. But as you then make these apprentices they're able to kick everyone else's butts, and it just comes off as just tiresome. You know, very tiresome And so, yeah, like, that's the thing So it it started off fine But then you just have this domino effect of these Kind of just For me, look, I understand Writing a book ain't easy So, but just for ease of purpose I'm gonna say lazy Now, look Obviously, there's gonna be others that have found this book compelling, very interesting, a great thing. It wasn't for me. Okay. It wasn't for me. But was, um yeah, I just thought by going the way Shesterman does, it's just a bit, yeah, it was just a bit lazy. It was just a bit played out, a little bit derivative. You know what I mean? You you went from a a kind of a newish concept to just becoming run of the mill. And I found that a very big shame. Because at the beginning, I was like, oh man, yeah, this could be a good trilogy to um, sink my teeth into. Now, after finishing this book one, I'm a bit like, I have no. Inclination to jump into book two or three I'm just done I'm just done with it <sighs> You know, life is too short I I have done, like I did do the whole Hunger Games And I would say Yeah, if you enjoyed the Hunger Game trilogy You know, was it Catching Fire and then Mockingjay after Hunger Games, I think that's the order it was in. But yeah, if you enjoyed those, I think Scythe, you'll definitely be down for Scythe. I think Scythe is your jam for sure. Um, so yeah, I would say uh yeah, if you are fans of those books, you all love these. Like I think anything like this. So if you're a fan of Harry Potter, I think yeah, Scythe is for you. You will love Scythe So, um, yeah, this wasn't for me Definitely wasn't for me But if you were a fan of those other, you know, book series Probably a Twilight thing as well Like any of that stuff I think, yeah, Scythe, boom You'll be all over it Like that yellow jacket thing This is you, all you so, yes, check out Scythe. Um, it is a boy. Uh oh, what's my man's name again? Yes, Neil Shusterman, Um, it's book one in the Arc of a Scythe trilogy. Uh so the um your next book in the series, um, that is Thunderhead. And then the last book is The Toll. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you are, um, yeah, if you're looking for a new book, this could be your jam, all right? But, uh, yeah, not mine, so uh, we will see what is next, next week. All right, people, that's it for our audio book of the week, all right? Cool. Okay, so people We are drawing to the end of another episode Just a little bit of TV news this week And then we're going to bounce So, The Mandalorian has been dropping episodes on Disney Plus And the reception seems to be good um, People were talking to Ryan Johnson recently about Knives Out and he he stated that he'd love to go back to the Star Wars universe and maybe direct a season two episode because that's currently in production, which is interesting. Well, it's good to know that the um all the heat he received from um, that last Star Wars film hasn't like. Dissuaded him at all But you know what I mean Like everyone's had a flop Right Everyone's had something that not Hasn't resonated with the masses So yeah I, I think that's a good thing Really um, Also on the Mandalorian front Carl Withers Has confirmed that His character Of um. You know, the Guild boss Will be returning in Season 2 So, uh, there is that And it's funny Like, as mentioned with Knives Out Which was kind of like A, a play on The murder mystery film With Miss Marple And, uh, you know Hercule Poirot Well, There is now going to be a TV series That is kind of doing a similar thing So we will soon be getting The Mapleworth Murders uh, Which will be hitting Quibi I think it's Quibi A a new streaming platform It's created by Paul LaPelle And John Lutz uh, and it's about a, a small town um, and a crime spree that kind of hits. So they're, they're kind of playing on a murder she wrote front of things, you know? Um, so we're gonna have Paula Pell. She's starring as a mystery writer, Abigail Mapleworth who solves crimes in her quaint hometown of New Woodstream. So each episode will feature guest victims and suspects But also deal with the larger question of Just why a small town like this has such a high homicide rate Which I think was always the thing in Murder She Rose You know what I mean? Like Doesn't anyone question the fact every time she appears someone dies? But yeah, so we're going to have the likes of Tina Fey Andy Samberg Maya Rudolph Wanda Sykes Terry Crews G.B. Smooth, You know, Patton Oswalt. They're all going to be um, appearing in the series And people finally Netflix have put out dates of some of their TV shows that will be hitting soon So this week will be the debut of V Wars, which is um, going to be hitting on um, yeah December the 5th. Then there will be the final season of Fuller House on December the 6th. second season of Ultraviolet on the 19th of December. Now what I am really looking forward to is The Witcher Which will be hitting on the 20th And there's going to be a season 2 of Lost in Space Which is kind of funny Because it's been like 2-3 years since season 1 But that will be hitting on the 24th And the second season of You will be hitting on the 26th So people, that is it And it's for another episode. So uh, catch you next week. Peace.